Hi, it's Nate. Welcome to this week's episode of Trash Future. As you might imagine, I'm giving you a little heads up about the sound quality. Yesterday, we accomplished a Trash Future first. We recorded our episode live on Hassan Piker's Twitch stream. Whether or not this leads to future gaming, I can't say, but we did record a live podcast episode and we were not libelous, or at least that's what we think right now. So it was basically a hundred times easier for me to pull the audio from Hassan's feed. And since Riley was recording remotely through a laptop microphone like a huge genius, uh, this might be something of a throwback sound to the original Trash Future for the old heads. Regardless, I hope you enjoy. Also, check the show notes for a link where you can get tickets for our upcoming live show on 21 February at the Star of Kings in King's Cross. What's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Um, pretty good, pretty good. How is the how is how is uh how's the weather in in, in London in Londonistan where you guys are reporting from? Even though a lot of you aren't even there right now. Uh, cold would be a, a fair description. Cold, cold and dry, slightly overcast. The um the studio looks as great as ever. Oh yeah, we got we got our boy Elon in. Just, I can't see. Yeah, I can't see Elon. I th- I feel like uh. Wait, where is everybody? Is Hussein going to be on? or? So Hussein had to give a speech tonight at a university about his amazing journalism work. And so he's yeah. on the train right now. He's turning people Muslim at the university. Riley is actually uh, in a different city for his day job. And I am working the boards, but uh, I can move into the, into the frame here in a second once I'm convinced that things are not going to explode on okay. me. First of all, let me just say I'm disgusted by the fact that you guys call yourself socialists and yet you're talking about work. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. not only just like work, but work on top of work. Like you have, you're doubling the amount of work. I thought this was all about bread lines and not working at all. But then again, maybe um, maybe my take was incorrect. No, I mean it's fair. It's uh, we we are an anti-work podcast, and we yet are. somehow we use things that are made in the world and that cost money, and we actually have to we have to wear clothes. If we wouldn't, if we could get away with it, but sadly those are the rules. Wait, someone can someone tell Riley that he's muted? That he still muted himself? We can't hear oh, him. Oh no. Let's let's get Am him. Am I muted? Uh, he says. Damn it, he says. Uh, All Riley, of the things that you, you write come up right in front of your face and also are just warning you guys. Everything you write, you can see. Okay. Unmute yourself, Riley. Riley, you can't type the N word for a whole hour. Don't don't do it. Don't fucking Riley, Jack, this is Twitch. I will get banned. Riley, unmute yourself or forever hold your peace. This is amazing because, you know, we've, we've made the comment that what would an episode of Trash Future look like if Riley couldn't talk? Wait, uh, yeah. how can, why can't he just, un, just get out of the call and call back in, Riley? Holy shit. <laughs> just, just disconnect and call back, Riley. You, you can probably do that. I don't think I have you muted. You're definitely not. All right, there. Okay. You guys have a sweet right. camera over there, though, Nate. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, uh, sometimes for other things right. that are bad under socialism, like work, I have to shoot video. So we managed to get it rigged up. Uh, it's a lot more held together with shoelaces than it looks like right now. But um, it's, no, you, uh, are, you, I remember I've, I've been to your studio. I've shot a podcast <laughs> with you guys. I know I know what it looks like uh, in real life. I'm just saying that this this image, like the way you've been able to uh with the with the camera equipment that you're using i don't know you've just you you've created this narrative that that this is a lot more professional than it actually is which is which <laughs> I, I appreciate okay meanwhile we're looking at this laptop that's we're, we're yeah. bracing it against the heat by or like trying to save battery by putting it on some books and we've got yeah. some cables running through it like it's uh it's amazing and there's so many things plugged into my laptop that actually we can't charge it so we have <laughs> We've got 79% of my battery to get this podcast done. This is fucking can cool. you hear me now? Yes, Riley, we can, can hear you. If you're okay. watching, if you're awesome. looking at the Twitch chat, don't listen to them. I don't know if you're on the Twitch chat at all. They will fuck with you. They will tell <laughs> no. you that they can't hear you. Um, that's like a fun <laughs> thing for them. That's um, amazing. Yeah. I, I, I've never looked at chat. I will, I will never look at chat. Don't ever look at um, chat. Because I'm, because I'm in a hotel in Leeds for my day job. <laughs> See, we just want us to get used to this because Riley has this dream that being a gaming streamer would be easy. And he's like, it'll be the sweetest job ever. I'm totally going to do it. But we know for a fact that the first time people made fun of him in the comments, it would hurt his feelings so bad he'd never be able to mm-hmm. continue. So you have to be the one gamer who never reads any comments. 
They'd be like, dude, are you using a laptop built-in microphone? What the fuck? <laughs> You're a part. What the fuck is wrong with You've you? got to respect Crash Bandicoot more than that. <laughs> it's, oh, God damn it. Yeah. Being a gaming streamer is not as easy as one would think, okay? Honestly, everyone thinks it's just all glory. It's all fucking getting dubs in the marketplace of ideas and also in the marketplace of video games. It's not. It's a lot more than that, okay? I, I've I've alienated myself from all of my friends and family members. I'm sitting in front of the computer for eight hours a day. I started saying Pog and and Omega Lol and Omega Yikes. These are things that are like uh, in the gaming communities. Are, these are words that no one else will understand. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at the precipice of losing my job. It's not, it's not that easy is all I'm going to say. Omega lol and Omega yikes remind me of like scene kids speak from like 2007, like the kind of people who had like a, a, a pink fringe that covered one eye and were wearing like a studded belt. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's, Roar. it's a road I don't want to go down, but, but Hey, Riley's rise. He's the aspiring gamer here. Me. I just, uh, I sit behind a desk all day and edit podcasts. So, you know, that's the life I've chosen for myself. Absolutely. So, right. Riley, you've got you've got some stuff you want to talk about, or did you mute yourself accidentally again? No, I don't think I muted myself again accidentally. Okay, I think Pooch, you don't like you have something to say. So, uh, so yeah, we we were recently uh, graced on these British shores by an awesome organization called Turning Point UK, who managed in the span of twenty four hours to uh, say Hitler was had some good ideas, and Riley has done some homework to prepare some discussion points about it because we <laughs> love Turning Point. <laughs> In all its forms. Yeah, you got to do the homework if you want to talk about Turning Point. We love it. We love. They're all love about it. academic references and citations. Like, don't don't talk about Turning Point unless you've like read everything they've ever written. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's very oh, it's yeah. very easy so, to take okay. Turning Point say, out of context. I think bottom line up front. Riley, you've got a huge lag. I think, and uh, yeah, so, I don't um, know what's going on there. Uh, so, so Hassan, Hassan he, he, you, you were about to say something. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it's very easy to take Turning Point out of context. I mean, uh, they're just... The level of intellectualism presented um, whenever Candace Owens says stuff like, uh, Hitler did nothing wrong, and that actually he was good, actually, if he just kept it, if he kept the ethnic cleansing to Germany alone and never expanded. He was too ambitious. These are all... These are all things that we simply cannot understand with our feeble minds or, you know, when Charlie Kirk says stuff like uh, capitalism is good, socialism sucks, um, you know, they're they're really I mean, he can be right about some things, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're I mean, or all things for that matter. And I, I happen yeah. to think that he's right all the time. I mean, I I debated him, as you guys know, uh, at Politicon two years in a row and he he uh, mm -hmm. wiped the floor with me. Uh, on both years, yeah. uh, he definitely was not triggered by the end of that screaming uh, like a madman, uh, like a man who had doo dooed his diapers. Um, yeah, that's how you I was, was going to say when you when you scream, I always have lived as a capitalist. That's the trophy you get for winning a reasonable debate at Politicon. That's actually how you summon the spirit of Margaret Thatcher back from the dead. Yeah, <laughs> and she arises and she steals all of the milk. I just the only comment I can make about Charlie Kirk is I had a coworker uh, who I mean we didn't work together, but she worked in the same company who had was obviously very right leaning and had a lot of like important thinking to books by conservative authors. And a friend of mine one time heard she was out of her office. And my friend brought me and he's like, dude, most of these are bad, but there's one just a gem. You've got to see this. I don't know how you can stoop this low. And, and you think it's going to be like Mein Kampf. And she, he pulls out It's Time for a Turning Point by Charlie Kirk. And he's like, who the fuck actually <laughs> buys this? <laughs> I was like, oh. Old people. Oh, my God. Oh, no, God. she wasn't old. She was my age. Okay. I mean, granted, old, a little old, but still. Old, old people mm. and easily fooled Marks. So. Easily uh, fooled so. Marks, the lesser known of the Marks brothers. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, uh, here's here's basically what's gone on. So, little table setting. Turning points UK and USA are reactionary uh, university campus organizations that are all about free speech and making it okay to be conservative, which, as we all know, is the greatest thought crime of all. I think they're also pretty fundamentally like politically unimportant. That seem to me to mostly exist to like bilk donations from aging boomers who hate their kids. A lot of what they do is like inflammatory statements in public to push their insane reactionary agenda about like um, getting mad that there's a vegan day in the cafeteria. 
It's basically a shell game distracting us from the much more urgent issues facing our polities, and we're mostly talking about it because it's a comedy show and they're hilariously stupid. And they're moving from the U.S. to the U.K. They're globalizing nationalism. Speaking so, as a conservative, I'm very oppressed by Vegan Day as I actually consume an all-meat diet to ensure that I maintain the, the peak of my masculine powers. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, So, um, basically, the... They, they, they've launched this, uh, this venture at an event at the Royal Automobile Club in London, which is like a Pall Mall private members club. And uh, I've got sort of the, the launch event. Uh, people who were at it included uh, James Dellingpole from Breitbart uh, and a guy who famously just said he really didn't know what the economic benefits of Brexit would be when he was asked on uh, Question Time recently. Uh, a pickup artist and anti-feminist Peter Lloyd, Paul Joseph Watson, Nigel Farage, and Aaron Banks, as well as one of the digital campaign members from the Taxpayers Alliance. It so it was really just a who's who of who's worse. Wait, it is so, so they rad. couldn't bring in the A team? Like they couldn't bring in Katie Hopkins and Tommy Robinson? Damn. That's the that's <laughs> no, they, the A team, isn't it? Yeah, they got like um this was <laughs> this is like this is the point of the music festival where you're basically just killing time between the top acts. I was going to say it's so rare that Paul Joseph Watson gets to be the smartest person in the room, but I think genuinely... (laughs) Or leave his flat in the first place. I mean, because he's famously a shut-in. and like, So the idea you could get him to come out for something, like clearly it's got to be a place where they play praise Hitler. I mean, he's not going to come out for some bullshit. James Dellingpole is like, you own a map? For the record, Paul Joseph Watson can't leave his house because he would fuck too much, okay? That's why he doesn't leave his house. You soy boys simply can't understand, and you're over here making fun of him for being a shut-in when there are women lining up outside of his apartment to have sexual intercourse with him. <laughs> they yeah. love maps. They're so they maps make them wet like nothing else on this planet. Oh, and those and, lips. And like hoping, imagine those lips on your pussy. Yeah, you know? exactly. Not not a drop of moisturizer around. Just fucking sandpaper. No. Yeah, we were excited talking about Paul Joseph Watson as like this weird hobbit shut in. But I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, I'm sure there's some terrible conserv- young conservatives who would absolutely be down to bang with him. Yeah, yeah, like low tax Chloe. Um. So 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 uh. At this point, though, Charlie Kirk, has, has has he gotten involved? Is he speaking at this event, Riley, or is he just... Yeah. Uh... Well, yeah, he is. These are some of the British the British attendees, including, of course, the, the founding members of Turning Point UK, who I'll get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kirk was speaking, basically, Candace Owens uh, spoke first, uh, and she said that Turning Point sees itself as, quote, in the midst of World War III, uh, as a grassroots resistance against uh, the... The, the perceived left-wing bias on university campuses. And Charlie Kirk said there's a silent majority of conservatives whose views have been stifled and are crying out for freedom. Um, he said that he and Owens have had tremendous success <laughs> at pushing back against the left, and they have no doubt we prevail on British campuses. We will highlight, isolate, and debunk all radicalism in 30 seconds or less. Hassan, you've met these people. Tier <laughs> 1 conservative operators. Highlight, I mean, just debunk. They're just fighters, uh, you know, fighting the real jihad, which is uh, like you guys pointed out earlier, vegans on college campuses, um, transgender Antifa super soldiers um, and uh, safe spaces, which should only be limited to uh, straight white students. And if that doesn't exist, then, um, you know, then no safe spaces should ever exist on campuses. I mean, look, you guys nailed it originally when you said um these guys are exclusively uh they they've they're exclusively catering uh to to boomers who are reactionary and very upset and scared that the future is changing uh and and they'll spend as much money as possible to to prevent that from happening uh and and i think jordan uh you i I know you guys are probably familiar with him uh he found out the uh turning point uh usa ad spend on facebook by looking at their, by tracking their marketing campaigns, and uh, in those marketing campaigns, they realized that Turning Point USA was not targeting 13 to 17 year olds, was not targeting anyone under the age of 25, and for the most part, was targeting people over the age of 65 and between the ages of, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I think it was like 45 to 60. So um, it really goes to show uh, what their what their actual target audience is, because they know that like. 
you know, 13-year-olds who are uh, getting laid or, or busy playing uh, video games, which are way more productive activities, are not going to focus on uh, the, the quote-unquote culture war, right? So uh, they all they need to do is, like, put up a couple uh, waspy-looking, uh, young, uh, clean-cut uh, kids uh, to say that uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're fighting the good fight against, uh, you know, anti-fascists and, and people with blue hair. So then, and then the donations come in, and they brought in fifteen million dollars uh, last year, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I can only imagine like the scientific recording of each individual like, step broken down to milliseconds for how long it takes from a kid slamming the door and saying "fuck you, dad" to his dad getting online and seeing a meme and donating money to Charlie Kirk. Like <laughs> they must have it down to the nanosecond because like clearly yeah. they found their target. Imagine that though, like your your kids your kids hate you, so then like you you start donating to Charlie Kirk, and then before you know it, Charlie Kirk is fucking your retired wife. <laughs> well, it's like yeah, not, not, I mean, I just love that idea though, because when you get down to it, it really only exists as online sort of provocation, and then some events on college campuses. But by and large, like we know about them, not because of like what they've done on on their events. They it's because of their presence online. So really, all this is doing is making boomers post more on Facebook. Which is a crime against humanity when you get down to it. Yeah, because their events are always like famously very poorly attended, right? Like it, you ordin- like they have their events that are like their big conference that they just had in Miami, where like all of the Turning Point representatives from all of the universities will like get together. But generally, like when Charlie Kirk goes and speaks at your school, you know he's gonna be. There are always gonna be more protests than actual um, attendees who want to hear what this like. 24-year-old with a face the size of a billboard has to say. Listen, the Turning Point event, there weren't that many people there, but the quality of the retired pussy on offer, unbeatable. (laughs) Yeah, if you're into gilfs and some milfs, Turning Point USA (laughs) is for you. No, my favorite thing is whenever they'll be like, Charlie will like every now and then put up a tweet like, oh my God, we sold out this auditorium. And it's like a lecture hall, like a mid-sized lecture hall. And you'll look at the audience and it's all balding like boomers every single person in the audience like there's like four fucking students there probably like the 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 libertarian party or the uh the young the young republicans or yaf or or, you know those guys who are like you know this turning point thing like let's just take a look at it we're not getting laid anyway it doesn't matter um and they they go and attend it i guess tell me about these gilfs charlie yeah (laughs) this guy seems cool he's got kanye west shoes on (laughs) He's got Kanye West shoes on and the smallest teeth I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, I want to go back into that. We will highlight, isolate, and debunk radicalism in 30 seconds or less. Like, what does that mean? They're just going to sounds like the Domino's Pizza Tracker. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, have you not seen the dot? Have you not hit? None of you guys have actually seen uh, my Politicon debate, I guess, because he demonstrated that. For example, when we were talking about uh, redistribution of wealth and how America doesn't have a, a, a an abundance problem, but a redistribution problem, he turned around and said, Venezuela. And that was it. And the crowd literally, oh, the crowd literally lost their minds. I think there was someone like throwing a bra at Charlie. They were like, this is it. Fucking have my white babies, Charlie Kirk, was the reaction from the crowd. Hassan, how did you recover from the strength of that own? Did you did you have to go through a few weeks of contemplation? Like what I, talks I really through the did. process? I had never heard that I before. Mean, That's the beautiful part about the Venezuela argument is that it's it's like just as good as it new. Every time you hear it, it's like it's the first time you've ever heard it. I mean, that, that, that explains Char- that Hassan's absence online for a couple of weeks when he went and did an ayahuasca healing trip to just repair <laughs> his subconscious after being so devastated in person mm. by a man who definitely doesn't wear a diaper and definitely didn't storm out like a huge baby when, when you guys had that discussion about money. South yeah. American problems have South American solutions. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that a Turning Point does additionally to like... Um, doing various kinds of, of behavior like sort of a, a six-month-old to a three-year-old in public um, and making terrible memes is they also are really well known for trying to make a professorial watch list which is set up to monitor uh, academics it deems to be sort of too radical or too left-wing which is like the only actually kind of slightly intimidating thing they do right yeah there. And I mean, but but it seems that it's all open and self-reported, isn't it? Like you can report whatever you want. Yeah, like Professor were, you know. Snape was one of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Like they had a <laughs> bunch of like fake accounts that were reported. 
And also, I mean, when I think about freedom of speech and defending freedom of speech, I go back to that one era of U.S. politics when they defended freedom of speech so hard, the McCarthy era. That's like that's usually my uh, my frame of reference for how much I love uh, free speech. Thank God Turning Point USA is, is doing that. Well, I'm so, trying to imagine because, how they're threatening these university lecturers. Like, yeah, if you keep saying this left-wing propaganda, there'll be no more granny pussy for you. We've got a whole list of women who have confirmed that they will not have sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> the list gets smaller and smaller every year when yeah. some of them pass away. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah, I, I guess um, I look at it, too, that most people who teach in universities are, are, uh, are casualized in the U.S. I mean, they're adjuncts. And so... The idea that, I mean, yeah, obviously there's going to be, you know, tenured people on that list. But if you take any cross sampling of of instructors at any liberal arts institution in America, most of those people are going to be people who don't know if they're getting a job the next semester or not. And so the idea that you're adding to that stress because, I don't know, somebody made you read the color purple and you're like, this is anti-white racism. Like, it just drives me nuts because, I mean, it's... Charlie Kirk and his his like weird fucking coterie they've already like their intellectual forebears have already won they've broken the back of what used to be the the job security of tenure uh, in universities because I mean obviously not you know the tenured people can't be fired but now nobody gets tenure basically and so the idea that that's that's somehow not enough that you've got to stop people from I don't know like stopping the people who, who who complain when you have like weird racism parties you're like no this is oppressing my free speech we need to get you fired i'm gonna call your boss i'm gonna call your mom who i already have her number because we're fucking well, <laughs> well how else would virginia get its democratic politicians if they didn't have racism parties <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> I, uh, I loved that guy who was in the position of literally having to decide whether to say he was the guy in the blackface or the guy in the KKK costume. I think we can all agree, <laughs> no matter what, face. we were something was stolen from us, and that and that was when uh, when the the governor almost moonwalked for a brief moment to uh. apologize <laughs> for the blackface after deciding that he was the one who was in fact in the blackface and not in the KKK robe. Probably after a sequence of means testing, uh, he decided he was the blackface guy. And then he turned around and said, oh, well, I was doing a Michael Jackson blackface and let me moonwalk to prove it until his dastardly wife stopped him. Oh, my it would have God. been because Michael moment. Jackson was doing like, <laughs> fuck, I'm not even going to say that. <laughs> um, I was like, what, a, what, a, like, I need to pick an unproblematic black person to say I like. Let's go with uh, Michael Jackson. Well, I mean, I just love the idea that, that that's how you explain it away. You're like, yeah, but I mean, it was, it was meant as emulation. It was flattery when I put on blackface. <laughs> like, this was the good kind of blackface, not, not the bad, mean, you know, mocking kind. I just like Michael Jackson that much that I, he really I likes up Robinson's a little, you know? jam. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Yeah. And so, so, so um go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just said yes, I was agreeing with you guys. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, moving slightly on. Uh we, we can ask we know who's behind Turning Point USA. Uh you know, Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, their network of dark money donors and aggrieved boomers. Um and we'll get to Candace Owens again later because who boy did she let some doozies go at this particular event. Um but the actual like people who are behind Turning Point UK are uh a group of, uh, let's see, very interesting uh, folks. The UK chief executive is Oliver Ennisfield, whose family owns a salmon smokehouse in London. The more interesting person is the chair, who's called George Farmer, the 29-year-old son of a hedge fund trader and Tory lifetime peer and a former member of Oxford's Bullingdon Club, which is really quite perfect. Can I also just just for the point, just as a point of linguistic enjoyment, point out that the what, the name George means farmer, so his name is literally Farmer Farmer. Well, Wait, what? For for for, for yeah. some American listeners, you might you might clarify what a Tory peer is that, that he literally is in the House of Lords. He he gets to be called Lord whomever. Like we have Lord Sugar and Lord Adonis, and we have Lord George, I guess, or that's his dad. Yeah. Lord Sugar and Lord, Lord Adonis are, the, are from are from the fake House of Lords. They do all the porn House of Lords videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked uh, that Lord Sugar has not gotten a piece of this action. I feel like isn't he the guy who was uh, who was claiming that he would leave the country if Jeremy Corbyn uh, was elected? He he did. Yeah, he's yeah. a labor peer though. He's a yeah. labor peer. Well, the so, thing about Lord um, Sugar is that we can't survive without him because he invented the Amstrad email phone, and like I I use that every day. Like I I don't know if they if they stop making the spare parts, I don't know what I'd do. <laughs> I don't know so, anything so, uh, about him. I just think it's funny that his name is literally Sugar, but you know no, I mean, that's like, the kind of intellectual thinking. Headline, 
and you're like, wow, Lord Sugar and Lord Adonis are in another another grappling battle over Brexit. And you're just like, does this country even fucking exist? Like, what? Yeah. What is what <laughs> with their sworn enemy, Baroness Insulin? <laughs> <laughs> All, all of Britain is just fan fiction at this point. So, so mm-hmm. basically, this guy, um, yeah, his, his dad is like one of the richest people in the country um, and, and is like appointed for his life to basically be in our version of the Senate uh, by the Conservative Party, uh, which is basically, uh, yeah, the party famous for, of course, uh, you know, Thatcher and, and means testing and all that nonsense. But I also want to point out that he is a former member of the Bullingdon Club, uh, which, again, if, if you don't know, is a club of some of the richest students at the University of Oxford whose whole shtick is that they go to a restaurant, cause tens of thousands of pounds of damage, and then just pelt the owner with cash as they leave. Uh, so that's who this is. And so that's yeah. that's like part of the committee, the, the chair, the board of directors for Turning Point UK. Yeah. Riley, yeah. please stop kink shaming the Bullingdon Club. It's a valid, <laughs> it's a valid um, kink. But different uh, entry requirements to the Bullingdon Club have been different at different times. So you used to have to, as I recall hearing, uh, go and burn a hundred pound note in front of a homeless person. Uh, don't you, exist. Thank you. Or you know, it was a 50 pound note or whatever. Like a high, wait, I can't tell if you're being serious note. or wait, I, I hate to stop I, you. I'm but... not joking. I'm not joking. That's what that was. At least that was the rumor. One of their, um, uh, 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 joining ceremonies at one point was to go and burn the highest denomination pound note there is in front of a homeless person's face while wearing um, their special uh, tailcoat and yellow um, uh, silk vest uh, outfit. Okay, um, that's incredible. That's that's incredible. Yeah. This is just like when Howard Schultz uh, ran successfully for president here in the U.S. Like. The, the the mere existence of these people or these uh, ridiculous rituals is uh, probably causing people to and and I I mean this unironically uh, push further and further to the left right I mean yeah I I feel I'm like more point. power to them yeah mm. <laughs> we're all accelerationists now um so that's the thing is like the, the turning point people are constantly claiming like ah. If you call us racist, then I promise you we're going to get more racist. Uh, and meanwhile, they're out like radicalizing people by just basically like being 18 year olds with unlimited credit cards acting like they would do were they in that situation because they are. Um, well, the thing is, like, Roddy, racism was invented during the Great Depression because of the shortage of granny pussy. <laughs> and that's why they needed no, something actually, to do. Notably, other other members of the Bullingdon Club have included... By the Democratic Party, by the way, just so we can put that out there, (laughs) so that history knows. And still, to this day, is advanced by the Democratic uh, uh, plantation. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, when you get down to it, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. He was a Republican. Republicans have done done no wrong ever since, and nothing has happened in America since then. Well, that's how you can tell that Donald Trump... Nate really is. Dinesh D'Souza. (laughs) I'm in whiteface. (laughs) <laughs> That's how you can tell that Donald Trump is like a pro, you know, a pro-America deep state agent who is actually draining the swamp because he has never fucked a woman his own age. So, you know, you can tell that deep down he's actually trying to stop all of these people. That's how well, they get uh, you. A little more information on the Bullingdon Club. Uh, other famous members of the Bullingdon Club who were all in it at the same time. Uh, David Cameron, George Osborne and Boris Johnson. Now, I don't know what any of their particular initiation rituals might have been. I just know some of the ones that have been supposed to be the immigrant initiation rituals at the time. But you can imagine about pigs and stuff like this. He fucked the pig's head, right? Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah. There there may have been something with a pig's mouth. No, no, no. I think that was supposed to have been at the Piers Gaveston Society Party, which is like a big sex party in a field that happens once a year. It's a different but equally uh, rich people society. This is why the last time I was speaking on a panel there, I said we had to abolish Oxford and Cambridge. They're awful. Yeah, we need to abolish Oxford, actually. It's just Oxford, really. <laughs> yeah, Cambridge I, is so much more normal than Oxford. I, I really reject Cambridge being lumped in with Oxford. But, but I love the idea that, like, no, there's a different weird sex party and insane, you know, just like massively inflammatory ritual that's involved. It's like, no, that's 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 for a different white tie society. There's the pig fucking one, and then there's the burn money in front of homeless people one, and you shouldn't get yeah. them mixed up. The pig fucking yeah. society actually has an access program for disadvantaged students. This is... <laughs> 
This is why I love when people in the UK snobbishly look down at American politics and they're like, oh, you guys over there, you're you're in a league of your own with how crazy things are. And I'm like, okay, dude, well, you guys are fucking <laughs> pigs and shit. <laughs> yeah. like, and the difference is that yeah. like Trump would just fuck the pig on camera if he thought it would own the lips. He'd be like, yeah, I'm fucking a pig. You know, people, you speak to people in Arizona, they say, I've fucked a pig. My family's done it. My father owns a jet ski dealership. You know, he talks about that. You can see pigs there. You can see them all over the place. I once saw a pig in France. And that reminds me, actually, the Vanity Fair has really gone downhill recently. Um, the other thing to remember is that uh, who the person who made uh, George uh, George Farmer's dad Lord Farmer was David Cameron so it's not like these people are all in a ridiculously incestuous uh, just basically mutual back padding society which may also have been an initiation ritual for the bullying club of course was he related to the pig a new QAnon conspiracy so basically what you're saying is that like this is an old sort of a familiar circle of people involved in, in either reactionary or just like insanely rich politics. Oh yeah. So this is, this is like, like we imported, I think the UK imported it to the, to the U S with the founding of the U S but then we're just, we're taking it back in our very own style of just like weird internecine pig fuckery uh, or note burnery or whatever it is. All of these people in the Bullingdon club have done. Um, so I have actually have a quote here from um, from Farmer. Uh, he says, why is it that all young people feel obliged to vote for the Labor Party? Just talk to some of my friends. If you tell them you're a conservative, it's like you're banished. That's not freedom of thought. That's thought control. Point of order, this man doesn't have friends. <laughs> I love like this, it. dude. I love it when they accidentally tell on themselves all the time. <laughs> That's precise. That's the whole point of why they built this club to begin with, so they could actually have friends, or at least fake it as though they have friends. Like, like that's literally it. Uh, in, in a conservative's life, uh, that is the single most important thing. Is is the fact that because of your shit ideas that is, that that exclude people on the basis of their identity or on the basis of things that they cannot change about themselves, you all of a sudden lose all of your friends and people start alienating you because you act like a gigantic moron and and no one wants to be around you anymore. And then they're like, oh, this is the same as like when uh, you know black people were being lynched. So we should yeah. <laughs> we should do like- something about this and you know give me friends. You're like, you know who else they didn't believe? Galileo. I must be onto something. <laughs> Got him. Galileo was the world's first conservative. Absolutely. It's fucking well, intolerant it's socialists. Like, the thing to remember with this too, right, is that like, is that they're, if they're, they are campaigning to like, just be basically be horrible to people on a political level. Like if you are, have at least any modicum of critical thinking, then you would never want to be friends with someone who was just horrible to you on a personal level. Or like treated your whole group of friends badly. So why on earth would you be friends with someone who just kicked that up a notch and made it a whole a whole social policy around basically being as much of a dickhead as possible? But it also seems to me like what they're trying to do is appeal to the weird, twisted, like just malformed young conservatives that do exist, but the exist Joker in, conservatives, Joker's exactly. the grammar school conservatives, <laughs> they exist in small numbers. And I'm just wondering, it it, it seems like this has already fallen flat. Like it's supposed to make it so those people can, can come into the light, but instead now it's just sort of like anybody who identifies with turning point UK is going to get made fun of more because of than they would have previously because of what's happened in the last week. Yeah, they must love it. They, 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 the only reason they could openly be a member of a society like this is that I think they probably just enjoy it. Just huge hogs for punishment. They're hogs for punishment. Uh, I have a little more about George. Um, he was the social secretary of the University of Oxford's Tory Association in his first year. At the end of that social year... Social secretary. Tory. Yikes. In the glittering social event. <laughs> at the end of that year, the society fell into scandal after asking candidates at a husting to tell their most favorite joke and name their least favorite minority. What? <laughs> I was their favorite racist joke, right? That was the... <laughs> So yeah. you're, you're supposed to say, be like, uh, this is, uh, I really like the aristocrats and I hate Bangladeshis. Like, that's how you got into their society? Yeah. You know, it's, it's you say, you tell them your most racist joke, um, and then you just, you decide which of the minorities is your least favorite. And the point is to really showcase about yourself 
Like, don't just give them some facts. They want to know about you through the medium of telling them about your least favorite minority. I love how this is like one of those college application essays about like, I went and helped the poor people of X country. But you're just like, I was really racist in an organic farm. I went and did <laughs> the kind of racism that you just can't build overnight. <laughs> I wish what, Italy, what you like I, about slavery plantations. They were organic. <laughs> I went to Italy and personally called everyone a dago. Yeah, well, I mean that that is that, that is doesn't true. count. You're doing oppression towards white people. Or yeah, also, I mean, I guess Italians are not white, right? Or according yeah. to some say, I mean, you're going to get Hassan kicked off Twitch because as you know, no one is has received more racial prejudice than the Italians. All right? Like <laughs> they are absolutely protected category, Riley. You fucked it all up. Yeah. Uh, I thought you guys in the UK were a little bit more sensitive about hate speech and turns out these leftists, these British leftists are just fucking uh, destroying white people. Charlie Kirk was right all along. Leftists do hate whites. Yeah, maybe it's time for maybe it's time we had a turning point. Yeah. Uh, it's important to add that George wasn't necessarily at that meeting, but the society was banned from using Oxford University's name for a year. But Liam Neeson uh, was there. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the idea I've that got campus, one minority. The idea I that, oh God! <laughs> you know that Liam Neeson would have a really easy time it's, answering it's that question. It's one particular man. <laughs> If I go down the street, I'm going to fucking find him. It's going to fucking... Oh, hello, Colin Farrell. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> None of us can do accents. Look, I don't necessarily agree with what Liam Neeson did, but look, he's done it. you got to get over it, okay? You um, sound like so Brad Pitt in Snatch now. <laughs> you like Dags? Yeah, you like Dags, do you? Yeah, come here, boy. You like Dags? Anyway. Leftists on campus are forcing us all to like Dags. <laughs> yeah. on campus are doing terrible Irish accents on podcasts oh and apparently um, now according to AC Brayling AC Brayling AC Grayling we're all gonna have to eat dogs after Brexit because the government has brought in this new law like criminalizing eating dogs so cool. <laughs> and apparently this is specifically related <laughs> to Brexit which is like if AC Grayling has made up that connection that's funny but also if it's true that's somehow even funnier I don't know either way we win you know uh, AC Grayling is a man with a high IQ haircut. Um, he, he looks so, like Leibniz. <laughs> so carrying on. Um, so I think the idea that conservative thought is being censored on campus is, of course, ridiculous, like that you all of a sudden can't have uh, those points of view. Like British universities literally cannot stop giving distinguished professorships to guys like Nigel Bigger, who basically built his career on saying the poor, former colonies of Britain should be thanking it for the railways sort of every single day. Nigel Bigger, a.k.a. Okay, you can't spoonerize my name. Checkmate leftists. <laughs> <laughs> One man we can't make fun of. Damn, he's got us there. Um, so those are the young people involved and why they're stupid. Uh, another person who's involved with the group is John Mappin, who is a 54-year-old hotelier uh, who <laughs> owns the Camelot Castle in Cornwell. Um, wrote to Trump in 2016 to award him an honorary knighthood and um, is a committed Scientologist and QAnon believer. The kinds of people I think wow. about when I think about young conservatives, 54-year-old uh, castle owners who are dishing out lordships for people. I mean, this is this is really a, a, a grassroots movement, as Charlie Kirk mentioned, man. And well, now it's international. Started. I'm so happy for them. I mean, he may seem like old, an old castle owner, but actually it's just Dan Nainan. He's just purchased himself a home in Cornwall. <laughs> I also just imagine that even QAnon people look down on Scientology people like, come on, guys, read a book. Seriously, you can't really believe that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. So, um, so obviously a big thing happened, though, Riley. A big thing happened this last week. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so their launch event, uh, the Tory party, this was the, the Tory party grant. Attendees, they loved it. Uh, some responses to the launch event include um, uh, Preeti Patel, the former development secretary, saying, oh, the normal a new generation. wants to bring back hanging. Very normal person, oh, Preeti Patel. She's, she's so cool. Um, a new generation standing up for political and economic freedoms and conservative values and beliefs. Fantastic. Um, another MP, Bernard Jenkins, uh, tweeted, this is the future. And Jacob Rees-Mogg says, Finally, we're proving the left has no monopoly on the quote-unquote young. He does put young in inverted commas. That's literally anyone born after 1890 to Jacob <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> That man, I've said this before and I'll say it again, is one bad Tuesday away from wearing two monocles. The amazing thing is we saw a photo of him recently published when he was 13 and he was wearing a double-breasted suit and a monocle and we're just like... 
you little piece of shit. Like, he's been this way since he was a child, and nothing is ever going to change him. He looks like if you took, uh, uh, is it Bert or Ernie from Bert and Ernie that looks like him? Uh, Bert. If you took, <laughs> Bert. If you took, if you took Bert from Bert and Ernie, and you were like, how can we make this guy look like more be-uppable? That's <laughs> Jacob Rees-Mogg. There he goes. You heard it here first, folks. There you have it. The left advocating for violence uh, for a difference of opinion once again, dude. This is just like the Trump kids. Just like how the the Covington Catholic boys who did nothing wrong were being persecuted. And then then Milo just showed up and started banging a drum in their face like a piece of shit. Yeah. All they wanted to do was blackface, but with a caveat, on blackface day, which makes it perfectly acceptable and perfectly reasonable to do. So yeah. the reason why the so governor I, I, of Virginia is in hot water is because he did blackface not on Blackface Day. He did it on Halloween. Yeah. On Blackface well, Day, it's it actually a, racist it not year. to do blackface. Yeah. I, I I also have to say this. I went to high school like maybe an hour and a half from the Covington High School or whatever. I've never heard of blackout days. I swear to God, they just like they just have a school program for putting on blackface and like they, have, <laughs> they, probably, they probably oriented basketball games around it. They're like, how do we, how do we preserve this legacy? And they found a way to do it by just being like, no, no, it's, it's a blackout day, not a blackface day. That shit, I, <laughs> like, oh, blackout days. You must've heard it. Like, no dude, I'm from Indiana and I've never heard of that shit. Comes You've never heard of when... blackface day, dude. I just, I'm I shocked. <laughs> I was raised in a liberal bubble. Okay. I was raised in an ivory tower. I don't know what real America is like. Like they'd, they'd heard that black people were very good at basketball and they kind of wanted to get some on the team, but they were too racist to actually do that. So some enterprising gym teacher in the 1930s was like, well, maybe if we black up the white kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's in, in, in Dickens, he has Scrooge lean out the window and say, boy, what is, what day is it today? It's blackface day, sir. And run along to the shop and get the biggest black-faced goose you can find. This is what Turning Point uh, UK is about. It's about bringing back Blackface Day, a tried and true, very important tradition. Literally a day in the Netherlands. Literally a day. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Say what is it? Uh, Black Peter. Schwarze Pete. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's just a boy. He climbed in the chimney. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Perfectly normal. (laughs) <laughs> hey, you want to fuck um, my grandmother? <laughs> so, t- so basically, on the launch day that all the sort of Tory party grandees were saying it's wonderful, um, basically every single person on left Twitter then made an, uh, in Britain made an alt account as uh, Turning Point, Turning Point University of Cambridge, or Turning Point University of Aberdeen, or whatever. They were all, all fake accounts that basically just kept posting about having they love to shit themselves with diapers and so forth, um, which is, is more or less what happened. Uh, so Turning Point's official statement on the parody accounts that sprung up and made it literally impossible for like the 10 angry uncles who wanted to donate to figure out which one they wanted to donate to. Uh, TP made an official statement that says, we haven't fully launched any branch yet, but we'll make clear how to determine which ones are official and which ones are not. We do find the fake accounts highly entertaining and a sign that some on the left are feeling threatened by us shaking up the status quo. No, it's the ultimate. I, I I'm not that. owned. It's the ultimate. I'm not yeah. owned. I'm not owned. You guys are the ones who are owned. Really, uh, tweet or statement. I guess wasn't there one yeah. official one, and then there were multiple fake accounts that were like yeah. uh, copying exactly what the official one was saying, but the official one wasn't verified, so no one knew. Yes, and then the yeah. official one was arguing, and so the fake one started arguing back with them, and so like it was just there literally was no way to to tell the difference between the two. Yeah, you'll be able to um, tell the official account because it will just keep tweeting the word Venezuela as it slowly turns into a corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so you can. T- I, that's why. I, that's why I really like this was. And again, there, uh, through the notes that I have, there are like several instances of actually I'm not owned. You're the one that's owned because you're pointing out how how just stupid and in public i am um and and but let's let's get to let's get to the real doozy um candace owens on stage at that royal automobile club launch event attended by like you know a bunch of like disgraced magicians and former pickup artists uh as well as like, I love the idea of being a disgraced magician <laughs> the real <laughs> the real troops the okay you <laughs> <laughs> forgot to flip the switch um Candace Owens was asked a question about nationalism and Hitler, and I've got the full quote here and her follow-up. Uh, this was as reported by Will Summer in the Daily Beast. Uh, he was a national. He, Hitler was a national socialist. 
But if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and have things run well, then okay, fine. First problem. Right <laughs> make Germany great again. The problem, here's, the, here's, here's Candace Owens' problem with Hitler. The problem is that he wanted, he had dreams outside of Germany. He wanted to globalize. He wanted everybody to be German, everybody be speaking German, everybody to look a different way. To me, that's not nationalism. And thinking about how bad we could go down the line, I don't really have an issue with nationalism. I really don't. Nobody who speaks German could be an evil man. <laughs> but also, I love the idea that she's like, she doesn't seem to understand what they mean when they say globalists. It's like, it might be a right-wing buzzword, but she seems to think that, that like, oh no, Hitler invading other countries was, was globalism. We don't like, no, they just mean the Jews, Candace. That's just the word they've been yeah. saying. No, yeah. that's what I'm always saying. I'm always saying that, like, you know, the one problem with Hitler was that he was too ambitious. You know, if he kept it <laughs> <Yeah>. exclusively <laughs> within Germany, if he just kept mm -hmm. it chill, if he was more of an isolationist than ethnically cleansed Germany, then I'm fine with that. I mean, guys, really? But he got yeah. too big for his britches and and tried to go after Poland and stuff. I mean, that's when I that's when I drew the line. You know, the ethnic cleansing <laughs> inside of Germany, I'm fine with. But as soon as you go to other countries, I'm like, nope, don't do that. It's just you know, a man, a man who uh, a man who got who was misunderstood, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, Hitler. He wasn't so, getting up at four a.m. He wasn't listening to three audiobooks on double speed as he went for a jog. You know, these are all the things that could have set him back on the right path. But also, I oh, yeah. think what's amazing is um, to watch, uh, as an aside here, is to watch folks like Matt Walsh and other, you know, people within that network of just completely brain dead, unable to to to, to form a coherent thought, but just are perpetually angered by people with purple hair, to d defend her and be like, oh, I know you know that deep down she doesn't actually support Hitler. And it's like that doesn't fucking matter. Like she said what she said. She said Hitler was yeah. good for all the shit in Germany. It's the, I, it's it's the other stuff. Well, it's, it's, well I, I have a follow-up like, like to that singles, too. I just don't like his deep cuts. I have a follow-up to that as well. So the beautiful part that most people did not realize, and this is what I wrote about today for my uh, for my video today. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming in uh, hot with all of the uh, Candace Owens memes, but... The part that's really interesting uh, to me is the fact that she then followed up uh, with, uh, like, you know, nationalism is good, whatever. And this is all, like, uh, routine stuff now somehow. I don't know why. But uh, she continued <laughs> by saying that, uh, you know, the UK has a problem right now with their birth rates declining. And that in order to protect, like, their UK's national identity, we need to do something like that. And I'm paraphrasing here. And you can uh, – yeah, but it's the second part of her statement – where she's literally saying like, oh no, like Hitler wasn't a, a, a real nationalist, but also uh, something that Hitler really cared about, which was the declining birth rates uh, and, and how it tied back to identity and how it tied back to the national identity. I totally agree with that stuff. So it's well, just- I would love to, to be honest with you, is, is that Candace Owen would come in and say that because it's like, Yes, uh, a lot of racist white people in Britain also think that too. That's why they're deporting people who look like you, who've lived in this country their entire lives. Like the idea that that people aren't, the, the, she's able to talk about this as though she's not just parroting dog whistles of people who absolutely believe in like a white ethno state. Like you, you, anybody who walks in the room and says like, I'm just really concerned there's not enough white babies being born in this country. Like you understand what they're getting at. Yeah, like I, I also like it's so good. Like, first of all, the take that like really what Hitler cared about deep down and what came before everything else was fucking. He wanted <laughs> people to fuck. That's what he cared about. Everything else that was the B game, right? He may have gone off track with some things, but the fucking thing, he was always on the spot with that. And second of all, that like she's getting like dunked on for like defending Hitler, and she's like, God, I can't believe that my defense of Hitler would have been construed as a defense of Hitler. <laughs> and everyone's going like. <laughs> How dare you say that she was defending Hitler while she was saying, hey, Hitler wasn't all bad. As though they're like, how is it that the, the left, the damn, the damn libs always think we're defending Hitler when we defend Hitler? Like what? If, like they're like, we just can't stop doing it. Like every time I like I try and talk about, you know, uh, the weather or b Bitcoin, I just accidentally end up saying, well, actually, Hitler was good. And it's <laughs> never occurred to them to be like, just not mention Hitler. Like literally they could have a massive reactionary press conference where they talk about fucking white birth rates whatever the fuck they want and if they didn't bring up hitler they would get dunked on at least 75 percent less but they have to they can't stop doing it it's like crack to them they're just like oh just one last hit of bringing up hitler and saying he wasn't that bad oh slam it into the vein between my toes these people are fucking <laughs>
It's just... I don't even... Have- I, I don't know how anyone could be like, oh, no, I, I watched that, and the leftists are, are doing that typical thing where they're taking her out of context when she literally said... He was a national socialist, but if Hitler just wanted to make Germany great and things have ru- and have things run well, okay, fine. Like what? Yeah. Calling Hitler a national socialist is like saying, "Well, actually, Jeremy Corbyn is a Republican." So, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just playing with the words. Uh, yeah. Also, it's like, why does everyone always have to say, like, oh, well, you're just t- thinking about what she said. You have to infer what's in her heart. How? All I have to go on is what she said, which is that if Hitler wanted to make Germany great, that would have been cool. Which, again, she said to a crowd. Also, of, what's in her know, fucking um, heart? The things that she talks about that are from the heart are usually just more reactionary garbage. Like, I mean... This is a person who uh, made a career for herself by switching over to the uh, to the right side, obviously, and and then going on Infowars. And, and just for the record, I don't know if you guys recall, but uh, there was a point in time when people were like, oh, Candace Owens is far right or like Twitter moments identified Candace Owens correctly for fucking once as a far right figure. And then Jack had to come out and apologize personally yep. to this person who was an Infowars correspondent who used to say stuff like Black Lives Matter is actually sponsored by George Soros and they don't really care about black people at all. Yeah, I mean, the idea that Jack would be, he would personally say, I'm sorry I called you far right. And I mean, I guess it's one of those things where even when she comes out and says that she supported Hitler to a degree, that's not going to be enough because there's going to be this perpetual bad faith of like, well, you guys are just misinterpreting. You need to read the whole article. It's like, we just did. We read it out verbatim. We have, there's a video of her saying it. Like, unless unless you have to play it backwards and there's a secret message where she doesn't endorse Hitler. It's like, like Judas Priest. Exactly. But the backwards version is like the more appropriate version. Yeah. It's just a, it's a goddamn Iron Maiden record, man. But now it's mm. just, I, I watch this, and, and but then invariably you realize, if you didn't notice it already, that the same disingenuous folks who are basically, who are going around saying that, I don't know, that Jeremy Corbyn is an anti-Semite or that... Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite or whatever the reactionary bullshit thing pushing against the left is, these same people would be like, oh, no, you're just not taking into context as if context is anything they fucking care about. Yeah, I'm also now just getting really distracted by the thought of Alex Jones on Infowars doing that thing. You know, he pulls up like a printout of an email, even though he's sitting there with a computer and he's like, oh, oh, this just in. Um, Hitler was actually a Black Lives Matter uh, uh, activist. That's right. That's from an anonymous <laughs> source. And then he's like feeding it into a shredder going, oh, I can't reveal the source. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, so asked by the Daily Beast to explain her remarks. Owens followed up by saying she does I not endorse it. Hitler. We're now at a point where people get owned by publications called the Daily Beast. Well, I love <laughs> like, that. Well, that's the joke. I mean, yeah, it is real. The, I know it yeah, is, but it's just funny to me <laughs> yeah. that like it's now at a point where it used to be like they were questioned by a, a journalist from the Washington Post. That was how people used to go down, and now it's like, yeah, some yeah, some. Well, no, because um, Will Summer, who runs the newsletter Right Richter, is like one of the like the best monitors of. Um, far right and insane like sovereign citizen activity in the state he uh, writes for the daily beast and so he's like always on this shit so this was his article that i'm pulling this from so as for the daily beast uh, to explain her remarks owens called hitler quote a homicidal maniacal globalist and claimed her response was simply about why americans wrongly equate the word nationalism to hitler my final comment is that hitler was the scum of the earth as is the publication you write for I hate it. I, I hate it when my nationalism gets a bad name by doing all the things nationalism promises to do. Also, this is this is yet this is also just I love this. This is the other version of I'm not owned, which is uh, actually you're wrong for criticizing me. Like I'm robbing your house and you call the cops and you're like, oh fuck you for calling the cops. Fake me. news. You're not calling the cops. That's fake. Yeah. I, I mean, just, that's literally what. Yeah. John- I, I love the part where she's like, well, I wasn't going to bring up Hitler. And then someone asked me about nationalism and it's like, well, you're the one who brought up Hitler. There are examples of nationalism that you could have used that are not as problematic as fucking Hitler. You could have been like Greek nationalism was good or, you know, the Haitian nationalism was like very successful in launching the Haitian revolution. You're the one who turned around and was like, you know, Hitler gets a bad rap. <laughs> 
exactly. <laughs> she didn't say that. Like, I mean, but but you know, she she just like immediately launched into Hitler and was like, Hitler could have been good if he didn't have, uh, you know, uh, more ambitions of expanding uh, his his nationalistic pride beyond Germany. Um, Thank you for all the messages of support pouring in from my fans in rural Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> huge shouts out to that well something i'd say too that's funny is at first i thought to myself like oh wow well they've they've put the final nail in the coffin here as far as like they they, they tripped on their dick setting up twitter accounts and now this turning point uk is a joke but then i was like actually if there's any one thing that's going to ensconce you in the heart of the british right it's saying that hitler is okay because they all believe that and they have costumes to prove it yeah, so oh, I was yeah. at I was at Cambridge with a guy who was literally related to Oswald Mosley and is like a high Tory. Well, of course, and it's like <laughs> I love I love the idea though. It's like it's like it you know in a country where every third royal has a wearing a Nazi uniform scandal, mm. maybe praising Hitler won't be as much of a dead weight as uh as we thought it is oh you know actually that's the funniest fucking thing about the mosley family is that oswald mosley obviously noted actual fascist and then max mosley who was this guy's uncle who was like used to run the f1 what's something to do with f1 and then he was involved in a nazi uniform orgy scandal <laughs> whether and it's like why if you're gonna have like your orgy like fine whatever like why would you do it in nazi uniform given that what like literally you're like one of your ancestors was it was like a prominent nazi and your family has been trying to like pr their way out of that for years i mean well it's like look the states has constant blackface scandals this is the way that the uk has taken it and turned it where we have constant constant nazi uniform scandals yeah prince harry is just a beautiful moron he's look, not a like he's just like he just doesn't understand why that's a bad idea he's like he's like a dog like you, you have to tell him. Like he's not going to be able to do it himself. Like I think uh, Prince Harry is the Matt Hancock of the royals. Once again, <laughs> you guys are denying white people their right to respect their heritage. I mean, how else are you going to have a, a, an orgy without wearing your Nazi uniform? I'm always saying this. This is a thing I think of all the time. Those poor, those true. poor Republicans, dude. They're some of the only trousers that actually have room for you to get a full erection in. <laughs> Um, so in the context of that, let's just go back to what I said earlier about how a whole bunch of respectable Tory MPs were like, this, this organization is fantastic. <laughs> Love those guys. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it seems as though they're having a very normal one when it comes to launching their UK franchise. Uh, I have to ask Hassan, you've dealt with the American franchise quite a bit. Does any of this surprise you? No, the American franchise is is very similar, uh, perhaps a bit, a tad bit more reactionary, mostly because it's a little bit more successful uh, here in America, where where uh, there's constantly uh, news coming out of Turning Point USA whenever their like Discord servers get outed or whenever there's any sort of like uh, whenever there's any sort of like email listings that get uh, that get leaked, and it's always like. Uh, really terribly racist memes and 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 similar to what uh riley was referencing as far as like what's your favorite racism moment you know what i mean like what's the race that you love to you love to be racist against like it's like shit like that um and it, it's just mostly like edgelords who learned uh this sort of behavior from their families a lot of them are uh, i mean I'm, I'm generalizing but like it's it's the it's the upper middle class uh white kid who uh feels like uh, who who thinks that it's the true oppression is when uh, you don't have any friends because you can't uh, shut up about uh, how much you love uh, triggering the libs or owning the libs. Um, mm. But it is a little bit, it is a tad bit, I guess. I mean, it, it is somewhat successful. It is a little scary that uh, because they have so much money, because they've been able to uh, generate so much uh, revenue for themselves that uh, they can and actively uh, continue to change the outcome of student elections, like student government elections, by uh, essentially operating mm -hmm. as a super PAC for, um, you know, elections that they do, like student well, government elections monitors. at colleges yeah. and now even high schools. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Um, in fact, let's go a little bit into the, into the funding. Um, so speaking to BuzzFeed News, again, pulled this from a BuzzFeed article by Mark DiStefano, which is, again, a really good sort of um, uh, look at the launch. Uh, Mappin, that Scientologist hotelier, wouldn't reveal, shocking, who was funding the UK arm. 
quote, well, the whole idea is to stay anonymous, he said. That's how they do it in the United States. It actually doesn't matter who funds it because it's just about the ideas. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's just one of those things where dark money is is a thing that exists in the U.S. and exists here too, and it's no surprise it's something that's going to basically encourage politics that's that's going to, you know, try to run cover mm. for dark money and offshoring and all sorts of bullshit like what happens in politics with, with rich people and reactionaries in both countries. It, it's no surprise that they're just going to explain this away. I guess, to me, it's just hilarious at how poor of an investment it is because they suck at it so bad. Like, <laughs> like they're not, okay, you might be changing the conversation in like high schools where like, actually, Conf- Confederate Heritage Day is a good thing and we need to respect our elders. But like, that's not necessarily going to, that's not going to translate to, you know, a resurgence of this kind of politics outside of, I don't know, a weird virgin nerd circle. I mean, like, let's, if anything, I feel like the more insane parts of the kind of right wing resurgence, like the dudes marching around with tiki torches probably does a better job of recruiting people because like they feed into this base instinct of just being like to aggressively blame somebody for your problems and like be like, we're going to do fucking weird, no jack off jujitsu to train for the time when we can fight and punch these people in the face. Like what Wait, the fuck? there's a kind of jujitsu where you don't have to jack the other guy off. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about uh, <laughs> if the proud, the proud boys did their own version of Krav Maga, but like taking out the Israeli influences because they hate the Jews. <laughs> it's Krav Maga for if you're really fat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> You don't have to leave your gaming chair. And I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about it like that. At least you could see the appeal in the sense that for people who want to like live out a fantasy where they're 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 gonna become some kind of an action figure, as opposed to TPUSA. Like, do do you really think? I mean, I guess do you really believe that there's this potentially viable audience of young people in America and Britain who like all they want to do is be like. I won the debate, and so you have to listen to me because I know the rules. Like, if that happens, I think you can tell by watching the economy. If like suspenders start to fucking sell in droves, you're like, oh wow, there really is a turning point happening. Well, mm. Here's the thing. Let's let's go back to what we were start, starting with the beginning. Right. This is not an organization that's designed to actually get the attention of anyone on a campus. It's designed to like just appeal. It's monetizing boomer outrage that they hate their own kids. And secondly, the other thing, and this is particularly true of Britain is that our media is so obsessed with balance, which to them means they always need to find that if we're going to say that the, that the Earth is round, they need to find a flat earther to provide balance, like that's in the Constitution of the BBC, more or less. So what this has really done is that this has given them an ocean of people that they can, like, like when they put on Ash Sarkar or Grace Blakely or whatever to, like, on Question Time, then they can grab some of these Turning Point UK figures for the sake of balance. They just so say Venezuela. Yeah. yeah, just come save Venezuela to Ash Sarkar a whole bunch. Well, they can you know, say, that's- look, a lot of people have said very bad things about the swastika, but what if the swastika was actually the best possible shape for helicopter blades? No one has even investigated that. <laughs> it's the left's unwillingness to engage with ideas it finds scary means we might be too afraid to put swastikas as helicopter blades. I mean, it would only yeah. crash slightly less than the current UK setup, oh, which really? I think... Multiple petition, <laughs> petition Trump to make Air Force One have swastika <laughs> blades. <laughs> it's very right? aerodynamic. So, so that's the thing. They're never going to actually convince anyone their own age unless they're like a shut in who no one talks to. And then they can like find solidarity of being generally hateful people. Um, but what they are going to do is they are going to like completely just hack the bbc i don't mean hack it like literally but they're just basically going to take advantage of how gormless the bbc is and then rake in a whole bunch of money from uh guys like an ex-girlfriend of mine's dad who was in libertas which was the non-racist version of ukip like that's who's going to donate to these people so i i have to i have to ask the question hassan because like i'll admit i'm terrible about watching the news even when i'm in america and then obviously i don't live there anymore but have you seen a similar phenomenon take place like where charlie kirk becomes or people like the the sort of bad faith dumbass campus conservatives become people that like msnbc or other network like outside of fox news bring into the studio like for balance yeah ari melber had candace owens on to fucking scream nonsense uh, on oh, wow. on his MSNBC show, and the frustrating part for me is that they will never, ever put on an actual leftist. They will always yeah. have like random comedians on, like that girl who was like, "Uh, Bernie is not fucking fetch, and uh, he needs to shut up. He's just like too old." Except Joe Biden, on the other hand, is really fucking cool. Like they'll have like 
centrists who are uh, who are mostly apolitical or or uh, spineless uh, to come in and represent the young leftist perspective. They'll never actually have anyone who's like. Uh, who's even remotely uh, further to the left than like uh, Nancy Pelosi on, but then uh, they'll have someone like Candace Owens on, who's a conspiracy yeah. theorist, and it's incredibly frustrating. It's just overcorrective neutrality um, that that liberals engage in so frequently that frustrates me to no end. Okay, look, people are criticizing Nancy Pelosi a lot. All I'm saying is, if Nancy Pelosi had clapped like that at Hitler, the Holocaust wouldn't have happened. (laughs) (laughs) It's just facts, guys. Could Bernie Sanders have done Um, that? I don't think so. I think uh, you guys are running low on battery, so I think it's time for us to uh, bring this to Mm. a close. Yeah, um, we are. We are. We don't want to be that that clown clown podcast that just suddenly cuts off the air. So the Soprano style mid sentence. So I, I, I was <laughs> saying, Hassan, thank you for having us on your stream, and thank you for guesting on our show, which we'll release to our non Twitch connected podcast listeners. Yeah, I was gonna just say that uh, you, you guys should do your plugs as well, your your Twitters individually, and and your uh, podcast, like all of it. Just get it out of the way so that people oh, yeah. on Twitch can find you. Uh, yeah, I, so. Go ahead, Riley. Uh, so you can find the podcast account uh, at Trash Future Pod. Uh, I am at Rala. It's R A L E H. It's a bad name. I haven't said it for a while. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, you can find me at In These Deserts, and my name is Nate Bethay. It will show up if you search it. Uh, yeah, and my name is Milo Edwards. You can find me at Milo underscore Edwards on Twitter and Instagram if you're feeling sexy. If you like Russian. <laughs> yeah, if you, I also have a Russian Twitter account if you for the real for the real heads, but you can find that via my regular Twitter account. <laughs> now everyone's gonna know who funds us. Um, Damn. And also, if you're a British listener uh, to the, either the podcast when this comes out or uh, the Twitch stream now, we're having a live show with comedian Josie Long, the star of Kings in uh, Kings Cross. Uh, the Eventbrite link will be in the description of the podcast, I guess, or we can post it elsewhere. Uh, but please do come along to that uh, on February 21st on February the 21st I never get it right the first time otherwise um, this is for the podcast people but as always we've got a Patreon you can sign up to it second episode a week five bucks a month you know the drill yeah Oh, uh, also, February 27th, I'm running another smoke comedy night at the Seckford. That's a Wednesday, 8 p.m., and the headline is going to be Elf Lions, who is very cool and very good. You should come and watch it. I'll be hosting, and as always, your boy. Amazing. All right. Uh, I think if we don't have any more uh, plugs left, it's time to wrap and go back about our normal lives. Yeah, I'm going to stop the recording. And, uh, Cheers, guys. Peace out for you, Hassan, as well. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks so man. much, man. Very much, Hassan. Pleasure. Yep. Take care. Peace.